Hello everybody, we are back with another edition of Talking Jacks. This is a special episode. We are joined, um, as always, by my co-host Ben Gosshorn, but also with uh, our good friend Chris Davis, sometimes co-host of the show. Welcome back. It's been a while. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me back. I'm just lucky I ended up off today and thought, hey, I'll hang out with Benji and uh, Alex for a minute. Yeah, like old times. Mm-hmm. The yeah. return of the dolphin. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I forgot about that. We won't even explain that joke. Yeah. <laughs> well, we I first like <laughs> people look at the logo. <laughs> yeah, that's that's, like, that's oh, it all makes sense. Now. Yeah, it, Chris is the dolphin to our faces, if that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> well, while we're goofing off, I just quickly want to address uh, some of the the fire that went down in our mentions on Saturday. Um, so there were some very angry people online. I'm not gonna like call any, call out anybody by name. Uh, but they were basically saying that we're like shills for the front office and we're puppets of Jack's militia. And, I, you know, they can think that that's whatever. But I just kind of want to like address a couple things. If there are if there is any uh, confusion, like we are not I mean, we are members of Jack's militia, but we are not uh, owned and operated, so to speak, by Jack's militia. They don't uh, produce any of our content. They don't have a say in anything pay us at all. Yeah, nobody in the independence front office is sliding us money to say good things about them. Um, we just yeah. have opinions, <laughs> and if like if you want to disagree with them, that's fine. But don't be a dick online. Like that's just a general statement. And also, like we try to save all of our content for the podcast. We don't really tweet a lot. We don't really get into a lot of tweet conversations just because we want to save it for the show. Um, because I feel like that's a better format for our personalities. Mm-hmm. We don't really. Um, or me personally, I run the Twitter for the most part. Um, I don't really like to engage in a lot of Twitter conversations because for the most part, they're unproductive. Um, and also mm-hmm. like, there's really no point in going out and roasting our team online. I'm, I'm just going to put, we're never going to do that. Um, yeah, we may complain, we may be sad, we may be snarky, but we're never going to just outright trash these players and these coaches because uh, these guys, I mean, we interact with these guys. <laughs> after games like at at this level i I mean there's a there's a human level to all sports um and i don't think i don't think players at any level should face abuse or or anything online uh so like don't get it twisted but especially at this level when it's so much more personal um like these players become part of you know our they come part of our lives in a different way than say somebody from you know the carolina panthers does because we we get to speak to them pretty much few at least a few times a year we get to speak to them at at events after games like all kind of stuff so like even if a guy has the worst game of his life we're gonna try to to we'll we'll be critical when we need to be critical but we're gonna also try to not just like kick a man while he's down if that makes sense so like if that's not your cup of tea that's fine like we have never said that every independence fan needs to listen to the show um, we understand that there are different styles of support we have never tried to tell people that uh their way of supporting doesn't count like i i specifically remember going on rants about how like you can be a supporter without even going to the games um so like i just want to get some of this stuff out into the open and kind of air it out real quick before we get started into the episode just because i felt like um maybe it's been a while since we've had these kinds of conversations and um Mm. Just kind of wanted, if anybody's new, like, this is kind of who we are, this is what we do, that kind of thing, just clear it up real quick and then move on. So if you guys have anything to add, feel free, but that's my kind of perspective on it. 
I think the silly thing that I saw personally was it seemed like there was like, yeah, that your shills, which is hilarious. Like instead of paying the team, you know, the players an extra week or two to get more training in, they paid you guys to be nice about the team <laughs> on a podcast that I'm sure is listened by thousands and thousands of people, just like there's thousands and thousands of people in the stands. Dozens of them. <laughs> I tell you what, though, but if like, anybody from the front office is listening, we will take your money. I'm just like, <laughs> I'm not above it. I'm not above it. Yet, huh? <laughs> <laughs> but like. As if, as if uh, uh, you guys and Jackson Militia are gatekeepers, you, yeah. you you don't have to be a part of Jackson Militia to have fun at games. I am I am a member of Jackson Militia, and I do support Jackson Militia, but I rarely go to that section. I enjoy things from my side of the field. I have lots of fun, and anything they say or do doesn't really influence my enjoyment on the game, and the same with podcasting. It's not expensive to podcast. There are two and three whenever QCFC does podcasts, on the independence, there can be a fourth. So if you don't like it, you can start your own. I feel like, yeah, do it. Or don't, <laughs> don't do it. Never, don't. No, do that. but no. seriously, like you can. If it, like we're, we are not trying to gatekeep. Like if you seriously want to start a podcast about the independence, go for it. Because like this team could use all the media coverage that it can get. So yeah, we we will we will not stand in your way. I promise. We'll we'll support you even. Well, unless they get all angry voice, which I really want you to do that for the listeners. We'll see. We might have a little Arscast style outro. We'll see. (laughs) Stay tuned. Stay tuned. (laughs) All right. I think that's enough um, talking about talking about stuff. So Mm. let's talk about what we all really want to talk about, uh, which is the 3-0 loss, uh, or 0-3 to be proper, loss to uh, that team from up there. Um, Gentlemen... (laughs) I, I was not there, unfortunately, um, but it seems like uh, this one cut a little bit deeper emotionally than usual. Um, so if you guys, I mean, just based off of our interactions online and, and interactions just one-on-one with other people, um, it just seems like this one kind of stung a little bit more than obviously the previous losses have so far this season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think like, I mean, going into the game, when, when you take into account, we just played on Tuesday. We played a lot of the same people that played that Saturday before and that happened to play in this, this game on the following Saturday. Wow, that didn't make any sense at all, I don't think. Um, but I think you understand what I'm saying. Um, it, it, I think my expectations weren't very high. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and when it comes down to it, we normally don't play very well against North Carolina FC, and they've had a really good season. Um, I don't think we did ourselves a lot of help in this game. Um, But honestly, like, big picture for this game, going into it, I I didn't have high expectations leaving it. I didn't think we'd lose 3-0. I think that the severity of the loss is what really hurts the most. Um, because I don't think we're three goals worse than that team, quite frankly. Um, I don't think we're better than them at this point, unfortunately. Um, but I think there's a lot of things that went wrong in the game, too, that kind of, well, one main, I'll say, that really hurt us with losing Nicky Jackson and I think, like, the 15th minute? Yeah, it was early. It was really early. And, I mean, he's been a game-changer for us and really – unlocked our offense and, and not having him and um, 
this isn't a discredit to Jake, but swapping him for Jake, I think it just kind of killed the chemistry that we would have had in our attack, quite frankly. Mm-hmm. Um, it just, and we had some different pieces in there too. I mean, we were starting uh, our new midfielder, winger, left back, whatever you want to call him, <laughs> uh, Maria. Yeah, Mikel um, Maria. Mikel Maria, yep. Um, so there's that, but I think it wasn't great, to be honest with you. I, I don't know if it's necessarily on him per se, but I, I don't think he filled the role of Kevon George as well as um, you would have hoped. Um, so I think that really hurt us as well. Just we missed Kevon a lot. I'm wondering if we missed Kevon more, if, or if we missed Nikki more. To be honest with you, because there's a lot of things that went wrong. But I think you, I I would more lean, lean more blah, lean more towards missing Kevon more, just because our midfield was not very um, productive. To be honest with you. Yeah. Do you think um, did did you notice any kind of change in positioning when um when nikki jackson had to come off because like jake for nikki jackson is not a like for like switch enzo enzo went yeah up top. yeah okay. i think or enzo went, and jorge forward. were up top and then jake replaced uh enzo on like the on the wing essentially yeah um and, and i don't think it I, I just think it it just really threw us for a loop and i don't think we ever really um recovered especially going at, down a goal a minute or two before halftime. Yeah, and in the extra time of halftime. Yeah, yeah, yeah like an extra time too. Almost. Yeah, <laughs> and it was just. I think we played pretty well in the first half, all things considered. I mean, we, were, we weren't mm. incredibly threatening, but we didn't give them many opportunities either. Um, I think we we handled their pressure pretty well, uh, all things considered. It's just when you when you go into the locker room and you're goal down after doing. 44 or 45 minutes of, of pretty okay soccer you can you can hang your hat on um and then you go down a goal it's not not a great feeling i would imagine um but uh yeah it just it obviously didn't get better from there unfortunately i mean um the second goal i'll i'll tell, i don't know if i told you this alex or maybe you saw my tweet but i uh I, I was on uh, um, the side that uh, Gutman and uh, Perez were, were battling on. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was heckling Perez pretty well, I'll admit. <laughs> I mean, he gave me a thumbs up. I don't know why he gave me a thumbs up. I was heckling him, and I've never had a, I've never had a player give me a thumbs up before and, like, acknowledge me heckling him in the, in the crowd. Um, and I may or may not have said that's a great cross sarcastically when he sent in the cross for the goal um so it was a great cross it was was. he was screaming so much after it happened uh because i was on the other side of course i thought he was screaming at the linesman for missing an offside somewhere i'm like i don't know what he's talking about but you know i went over and asked him about it he's like oh no i was just mad because i had talked junk and then they immediately scored (laughs) yeah i I learned pretty quickly. I would like to contest one thing you said, Ben, about uh, the first half. Uh, I do think we played pretty well, but there was one thing that really infuriated me that I would like to learn about. Um, We seem to have this tendency to not clear the ball when it seemed like we really need to clear the ball. And I get it, you're trying to play out the back or whatever, but it kept looking like at any moment they would intercept and score. And correct me if I'm wrong, that's how they scored their first goal. That's exactly how they scored their first goal. It was like... 
I don't want to say Alex was trying to be too cute, but I think he was trying to he was trying to lay it off to I think Maria. I may be wrong about that, but he tried passing it across the not across the box, but across the face of the goal to another independence player to then try to join the attack and kind of counter them, which I'll give him credit for trying to do, but it just it wasn't a it wasn't a good pass. The the player he was trying to pass it to was not prepared for it at all. Mm. He he was, I want to say, on his back foot, and the pass was kind of slowly passed to him, mm. um, and it was almost a through ball in in essence. And there was really no chance that um, whoever it did end up being, because it's been a little while, um, whoever it was that he was passing to was not prepared for it, and really just gave him. Too good of an opportunity. I just um, remember several yeah. times before that happened, screaming, "Why aren't you clearing the ball?" Like, because it seemed like there were several passes where, like, we got lucky that they didn't intercept and score on us on yeah. before that moment. And just yeah. like, they hit the that post, really frustrated me. They hit the post on one. I don't know that it came off of a. It didn't really come off of like a straight interception, um, mm. but it was kind of a loose ball that wasn't cleared that they hit the post on. Uh, but but no, you're right. I mean, the ball comes right to Alex, and he tries to be a little. I I would say he tries to be too cute. Uh, I know you won't say it, but he tries to be too cute. Um, <laughs> and it, and it does look like he's trying to find Maria. And and like you you guys yeah. mentioned already, the chemistry may not be there with Maria and Alex. You know, having yeah. I think Maria came in maybe like last week, two weeks ago, something like that. Um, mm. And he put it just a little bit too far out in front. And, and to be fair, if Alex puts that pass on the money, we do have a counterattack. Um, so yeah. so I see the thought process there. So it's just it was poor execution. Um and, and 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 like Chris was saying in that moment especially in that at that game state 0-0 literally 40 46th 47th minute um just like boot the boot the ball out of bounds. Um live to fight another day. I feel like if we get this game to halftime 0-0 uh it may we may still lose, but we probably don't lose 3-0. We probably don't get embarrassed um we may even turn around to win so that that's just like having yeah. situational awareness um and, and and just not trying to i feel like the the team and this isn't just to pick on alex but i feel like everybody on the team is trying to do too much right now um individually mm. and and just they, they're pressing they know that the results haven't been good they know they're not playing their best so maybe a moment where maybe they would boot it out of bounds they're saying yeah but if i put this back heel flick right on the money then it's a counter attack mm. and then we go up one nothing right into halftime and we go and win the game three nothing so like i see the thought process there but yeah. also as poorly as we're playing going into halftime zero zero that's that's a that's almost a win at that point to, to take that game because i think at that point yeah. at the point before um before nikki jackson went off for injury we were out shooting them four to two after Nikki Jackson went off for injury, they outshot us. Let me pull that slider there. Sorry, this is not good audio. It's not pulling. Thirty-seven to two. Uh, they outshot us. Wow, they shot outshot us one, two, three, four, five, six, seven to zero after Nikki Jackson went off mm. in the second in mm. the first half. So like, obviously That's that was a big that was half. a big change. That's just in the first half, Ben. Yeah. So like. Wow. Obviously, Nikki Jackson going out had a tremendous impact, but we we almost withstood it. And I feel like if we get to the halftime zero zero, 
because in the second half, obviously we're trailing, so the shots are a little more even. Um, but that's a moment where you can, that's probably a, a really big turning point of the game is having them take the momentum into halftime because obviously we struggled to figure out what we were doing. If we could have just gotten to halftime, we probably could have adjusted and come out with a better game plan um, to deal with them. But then once we started trailing, you know, we have made a couple comebacks this year, but for the most part, we haven't played all that well trailing um, except for that flurry against Atlanta. And then I guess the flurry against um, Indy 11, but the other games, St. Louis, when we were down, we didn't play all that well. Charleston, when we were down, we didn't play all that well. And then in New York, we played well, but we couldn't finish. So I guess that one's kind of scratch, but we did obviously didn't play well from behind this one either. But yeah, um, I don't, uh, you know, I don't want to kill too much um, overkill on on the games. You know, I will say they the, on the second goal that they scored, that's the goal that I've been worried about us giving up all season because you've really? got Gutman at the halfway line and nobody covering for him behind. Quick turnover, uh, it's it, it's a poor pass into Oduro's feet and he can't handle it, and then boom, they're right down the wing where nobody is because. We, you know, we want to push Andrew Gutman so high, which is fine, but we we just haven't figured out that we have to put somebody in his place to fill to fill in. Like Andrew Gutman can bomb as high as he wants to; I don't care, as long as somebody yeah. on that back end swings around and covers that space. And it didn't happen, yeah, and it left and it left Manny Perez and Tico had to cover like fifty yards uh, to get out there to him, and he he put the ball. I mean, he had he had all he had all the space in the world, but it was a really good pass too and um and, and obviously we lost the runner in the box too but but that's the goal i've been worried about us giving up all season uh so i i hope we don't i hope we'll make an adjustment to that because a team any team who watched that game on film is going to say is going to see how vulnerable we are in those situations where Andrew gutman is pushed high up the field and they're going to mm-hmm. try to exploit that because i mean if i was if i'm an opposition coach i'm telling my right winger to just stand on, you know, if, every time Andrew Gutman bombs forward, don't even worry about defending. Just stand, you know, as close as you can to being yep. offside and just wait for a ball uh, when it turns over. That, if, if I were an opposition coach, which I don't have coaching badges, maybe that's a stupid plan, but it seems like it's where it worked for them at that point. Yeah, with the the pace that Perez was playing with too, it, it was uh, it almost. I mean, up until that point, I think. Gutman was doing a good job defending him, and it was actually a really fun battle to watch until that happened. Yeah, yeah. And I don't even remember the third goal. Like I was too sad by that point. The and third goal I, was quite a goal. It was a, it was a long ranger. Um, yeah, that's you almost. I hate to like. I I don't want to like pick on anybody in particular. It was another bad turnover, um, and it was a rocket. I mean. Yeah. There's not a whole lot you can do something about the turnover, but that finish, there's nothing anybody could have done about that. Um, Yeah. It was the kind of goal that I feel like they score against us every single time we play. I feel like they Mm -hmm. score a goal like that every time we play, where like somebody you don't expect just hits a rocket. Like in the Open Cup a couple years ago, it was their I forget who it was, but it was a center back. Ah, was it Tobin? I don't know. It. it was a guy who was normally a center back and he was playing left back and he oh, hit really? like a 30 yard curler with his right, with his like weaker foot or something crazy yeah, like that. I'm picturing exactly what you're talking about. I remember that goal. Um, that wasn't Stephen Miller, was it? 
I can't remember if it was either Miller or, or uh, Tobin. I can't remember which one it was. Um, and then they then Doesn't matter. the crazy <laughs> scissor kick goal um, in the the game. Uh, was it six to one or six to two game last year? That one was kind of crazy. And then this one, I mean, it was a bad turnover. Um, it, it didn't look like they were helping Jake out any with the um, <laughs> with the original pass, but obviously it was. I don't know. At that Does point, anyone else have sad Hulk in the music game. in their head? Had <laughs> sad Hulk music? Is that what you said? Yeah, that is the. <laughs> no, that's the, that's from Arrested Actually, Development. Okay, no, I think yeah. I had a Christmas song. Charlie Brown Christmas. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, that's what that is. <laughs> oh, it is. Yeah. You guys oh, are gonna get us sued by these music. huge companies by singing Dang their it. songs. <laughs> All the shill money's gonna be gone. Yeah. <laughs> Dang it. Oh god. But yeah, it was a uh, it was a rocket that third goal. I'd, I'd, that one, yeah. you almost have to chalk that one up. Um, yeah, and at it, that point, it's like, what was that, seventy fifth, eightieth minute? That was the eighty fifth minute. Yeah. Yeah, and at that point, it's like, well, there there goes the game. Do you guys uh, think it's mental at this point against against NCFC? Do you think? Yes. I, I think it is too. I think it's got to be. Because like, is it though? I, I mean, feel this like year it is. Really had, like, this year they're three, good. Like, I, under, four guys returned last year though. I, I, yeah, but they so, weren't like, all that good last year. Yeah, they like didn't they? They barely finished ahead of us, right? Like they didn't make the playoffs either. No, I'm talking about on our squad. Oh, like the the returning players. Yeah, yeah. but like yeah, I but think it's the, just kind of a, it's in our culture at this point. It's like the returning players are like have been around for years. We have though. to beat them. It's not like. Yeah. It's not like returning, and no offense to like Kevon George, but Kevon George was with us one year. He's played against them. He played against them three times, but mm-hmm. like yeah. he doesn't have the. I mean, Alex and Enzo played for them. Like they, yeah, that's yeah. part of the reason they want to beat them so bad is because they played for them, and 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 they, you know, they kind of feel like they got uh, the short end of the stick there. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like it's got to be mental a little bit. Um, yeah. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I guess you could. But my my only rebuttal to that is like Damo Duro and Nicky Jackson and Gutman. Not that this is just another game for them or another rivalry game, but I, I don't know how much it would impact their game, considering they haven't played in those kind of games. You know, what I, mean? I I don't know. I I wonder <laughs> how much that really would factor into it. Yeah, I think I mean, it does at least a little. It, it's a good discussion to have because. I mean, you think about Enzo's our captain. He's probably feeling the pressure a little bit. Alex, we know, always gets jacked up for this game emotionally. Yeah. Um, you think Jorge cares? I, I feel like he's got to. I feel like be, right. he's he's yeah. one of those guys, you don't see him fired up a lot. We did see it against Bethlehem, which was bizarre. Um, yeah. Mm. But, like, I feel like he's got to want to beat them because they've yeah. been, I mean, frank, frankly, they've embarrassed us that several times now like it's not yeah. like this has been um like it's not like it's a one-time thing like they've got to feel that so i don't know if it's like they're putting too much pressure and they just need to like relax and go play because i mean if you just look at the rosters there's nobody on their team that like is far and away better than their opponent on our side yeah. like they have some talented players i'm not i'm not trying to take anything away from them but like if you just look across the line, like it's not like we're dealing with a like a team that is just more talented and and far outmatches us that way. They but they have a mental edge on us for whatever reason. Mm. Yeah, I think that's that's 
that's fair when you describe it that well, way. And not only that, you kind of have to look at the whole, if it's a mentality thing both ways, because like one thing I noticed uh, after the whole, I mean, their fans really care about beating us. You can tell. I mean, we've seen it on Twitter. We've seen it at the games themselves. And even like the players get into it. Like after the game, they did the whole thing where they lined up in front of the, their supporters and they did a little dance thing where they throw their arms back and forth. Like, I don't know if it was directed at Jackson Militia or it just happened to be the draw parallel. But like, no, I think it's just what they were doing. Right. So like, <laughs> they're up for it too. So it might be that yeah. as well. Not only are we like, we have to win, but they're also like, we have to win, but they have the backing of, they've destroyed us multiple times since we've existed. Like we've yeah. only beat them once and there's not even video evidence of that. It's like the only time <laughs> it wasn't streamed. USSF or something. I don't yeah, know what yeah. went that way. Yeah. But I mean, I don't know. I think, I would say this outcome isn't as much about the rivalry in the history as much as it's about the way we let up the first goal and then the continued pressure and game state we were in mm. and just being inputting a, a new player with Maria. Um, I will say Zane Jones came in pretty late. He looked impressive. Um, I forget who he came in for, but he was – maybe it was – he, he came in and played a left wing. He came and in for Alex. And he was Alex. pretty good. Oh, wait, no. He came in for Alex. Okay. No, he didn't. He came in for Mark Hill. Sorry. Yeah, okay. So I, I guess that now. Mark yeah. Hill went, or I mean, Jake probably slid into the middle and he went out to Jake's yep. position. That's, yeah, that's exactly what happened. And I think he did add pretty much exactly what I hoped he would bring in. I think there was definitely some, some awkwardness between him and Gutman kind of wanting to do the same thing and get wide um and kind of their their runs and their patterns to attack together um but he was good he he's got some flair to him that i don't think almost anybody on the pitch has um and some pace i think he'll be exciting i think that's one thing i'm i'm pretty optimistic about is zane jones looked like a, a difference maker um I don't want to put too much stock into it because I wonder if this is his traditional role being a holding midfielder in Maria over Kivon, but I don't know what he really brought to that role that makes him better than Kivon um, overall. But what what did you think about those two, Chris? I mean, honestly, I didn't see anything particular. Like, Do you feel like Maria is brought in to compete with Kivon? I thought it was more or less kind of like a – to back him up more than anything. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I think, I wonder why he was maybe not starting over Kivon, but starting in his place. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, 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 I'll say this: I hope he isn't because there's going to be a lot of work that's going to have to happen if that's what the plan is. But I don't believe that would be the plan. I think he'll be more of a, a compliment, like a, a left-sided midfielder, um, opposite Mark Hill. Um, I mean, could just be, maybe you know, coaches yeah, trying different stuff. We're not yeah. off to a good start, even like I mean, yeah, we just got our first one Tuesday. We gotta keep trying new stuff till we figure out something that works. Yeah, and, and that's that's one thing too that's worth bringing up is we are trying different things. Uh, we're we have different options too. Um, I think we have a pretty dense roster as far as talent and depth goes, really, in, in that the options. Yeah, the, the defense definitely has a lot of work to do, but I think... Well, I'm just saying we don't have depth there. Or depth, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's There's the main thing that concerns me. Density, yeah, that, that, that's for sure. Um, but I, I think there are some things to look 
forward to um, in the future. Like what? Optimistic goose. Yep. Yeah. We're gonna <laughs> if we're gonna be super positive uh, and if we're gonna be criticized for it, let's just lean into it. What 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 is there I mean, to look forward chill to? Chill out, goose. <laughs> I'll say that. I mean, we're not gonna bring Zane Jones and Maria in just because we have roster spots available. The, the the talent they have and the abilities they appear to have on paper, I think will fit in really well with this squad. I think the biggest thing we have to figure out and McGinnis has to figure out essentially is how these pieces fit. And I think these pieces will bring the squad together and make everybody play at a higher level because everyone's going to be fighting for their position. And at this point, the fact that there's a lot of um, – flexibility and train or players that can play different positions. I think that's going to help us. Uh, um, I think Zane Jones, if we could have Nikki Jackson, Zane Jones and Dominic Oduro in a uh, three forward system, mm -hmm. that's a lot of pace and flair and skill and hold up ability. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, we drop, if we do a four-three-three with those up top, let's say Maria, George, and Enzo, and then the back four will figure itself out because it's kind of standard at this do point. Do we Hill off? Um, over those probably yeah. I mean I like Hill a lot, but I don't know that his fitness is where it needs to be, and he's been playing a lot too. Hmm. But I think that can work really well. Um, so I think it's just a matter of figuring out these pieces we have because they're really good pieces this is i would say the 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 deepest most talented roster we've had so it's not a matter of not having talent it's just a matter of figuring out where they fit yeah uh, i think yeah well i'll say too like i'm right there with you like we from an attacking standpoint we have more talent in this roster than we have ever had i mean our yeah. our one through from attacking wise i mean you've, you've we've got Jorge Herrera can't get a starting spot on the field because we have so much talent. I mean, that says a lot. I mean, it, it, there's a little bit of fitness and, and style of play at work there too, that we kind of talked about at yeah. nauseum last week. Um, but I mean, just, if you just look at the names, Alex Martinez, Enzo Martinez, Jorge Herrera, Nikki Jackson, uh, Mansali, even uh, Jake yeah. Airman, Oduro, Zion, uh, these guys can play. I mean, these are not scrubs. These are these are guys who are goal threats yep. and assist threats, um, and creative players. If we can't figure out a way to score goals with them, I'm a little worried because mm -hmm. obviously the, the the our problem so far has mainly been at the back. But I will say, I mean, this game kind of highlighted some poor play in terms of attacking. Um, mm. After after Nikki Jackson went off. We really struggled to create chances, and really we struggled to create chances for the rest of the game. We five of our thirteen shots occurred after we went down three zero, so with the last the last five minutes plus added time. Um, mm -hmm. So that's, that's I mean that's what five eight, five out of thirteen is what like a little like forty percent. That's more than one third. <laughs> like that's that's not good. Um, yeah, and maybe there maybe some of that is mid poor midfield play, poor defensive play. We can't hold on to the ball. There are definitely issues there, but there is talent on this field. We have to figure out how to play together. Um, mm. and, and I think that's where Coach McGinnis has to, has to figure it out. And um, I, I definitely think 
we, I mean, we got, we, we, I think we need to give him a chance. Um, but also the, the pressure's on, like, like we, he, he's been given a really talented roster in my opinion. Um, yeah. and I think he needs to find a way to adjust because it's, it's pretty clear to everybody that the, the, the system is struggling, um, or the players are struggling with the system. So I, I'm, I don't want him to necessarily abandon his principles or anything like that, but, um, some tweaking might be in order because this team mm-hmm. can, we, I think this team can score a lot of goals. Um, and if we have to lean into playing some wild games a little bit and win some games three to one or three to two, so be it. Um, but we got to score three before we can worry about winning three to two. And we haven't mm-hmm. really done that a whole lot. So, yep. So I asked you guys a question earlier on, uh, panic modes and all that and i don't know the way, the way i've looked at things so far i mean yeah we were told things would get off to a slow start but even if we weren't told that you looked at what we had you know our schedule to start off with you look at how late we bring in players as opposed to everyone else hmm. how much are you guys panicking right now or do you kind of feel like you're accepting that we're not going to be a top four team in the east yeah i mean going into this stretch of three home home games in sh- a short amount of time, I was going to be really concerned if we didn't win one of them. Yeah. Um, we did win one of them. But we lost the other two. Yeah. So that's not great. Um, four points out of seven games when we played five of them at home isn't great. It's, mm. it's hard to put a spin on that. The Try. Talent. Hmm? Try to. I mean, r- quite you're frankly. Our spin, you're our spin guy. Spin it. Quite frankly, we played, <laughs> I think, three-fourths of the top ten. And a lot of those teams are going to stay in the top ten, more than more than likely. Um, I mean, you look at – we lost to Charleston, was it 2-0? And they just beat mm. Nashville 3-1. Nashville's a really good squad. So Charleston's quite good. I mean, North Carolina FC has beaten – pretty good teams as well and they haven't lost but once we, we haven't been losing to teams that we shouldn't lose against i wouldn't say we haven't lost three out of hartford yet exactly that that's gonna be the main <laughs> one for me um hartford i'm pretty sure doesn't have a point on the season and i think they I, do i think they have a point do they have a point i don't think they've won a game yet but i think they do have a okay. point i know they haven't won but and we play them after at, the rowdies well, it, yeah, and it's their home opener too. Oh boy! So, yeah, so that's that's the that's the only real reason why. I'm oh no, concerned. you're right. They don't have a point. They are oh oh and seven. They're pointless. They are. Wow. Yeah, it's not great for them. So, I almost I almost hope they win this week so they can just get please. that out of the way before we play. The them. last thing I want I'm gonna have to block USL memes if we <laughs> if we lose to Hartford away. Their um, first home game too. They're yeah. gonna be so motivated. Yeah, but it doesn't look like it matters uh, based on their talent. Yeah. I don't know. Right. Maybe we shouldn't talk too much trash. Um, <laughs> let's let's do listener questions uh, because I think a lot of the listener questions are kind of big picture, what's going on type of things. Mm. Um, so the que- first question is from Adam Martin, um, who we referenced on our Tampa Bay interview, uh, which mm. we might play after this. So stay tuned. I don't know. This, uh, but he says this year feels like a rebuilding year for the independents. Would you be comfortable with McGinnis staying out 
are staying put for the duration, even if this year's results are the worst in team history? Or do you think his seat should remain bleh, his seat should remain warm if the results don't improve? Um, for me, we would have to be bottom three for us to not bring him back next year, and con- like consistently bottom three for the majority of the season for us to fire him midseason. I don't understand the the idea of firing somebody midseason unless it's gravely bad and things don't get better. Um, yeah. And I, I, I think that. what he wants to do is going to take time. Mm. Um, and I think that's fine. I mean, this isn't a situation I mean, we, we quite frankly, I hate to say this, but we don't have to worry about relegation. So bottom three isn't a dirty Are thing. Arguing for not having pro rail. No, I'm just saying we don't unless unless they institute pro rel middle. Of the Stop season, saying that word. Uh, <laughs> we're gonna get the every time I say we're gonna, say it three times real fast. So was, I don't know, angry that tin, tin pot here. Ted shows up, <laughs> which is apparently not a mock mock account against that Ben guy. No, that's but a it, real per. That's a real guy. Oh, I, don't, is I it? mean, that's not oh. his. I mean, that's what people call. I'm not gonna say his real name. But that's he, his people call him Tin Pot Ted. But he's like the he's like the main leader of the um the super aggressive pro rel for USA crowd. Let's not get into that. Um, back to the question. So I think I do wonder. There, it seems like we're kind of working in two different directions. Um, because like you, you hit on something that was, I feel like important. You said like hiring Jim McGinnis is a long-term plan. Like his system takes time to implement and it, everything that they have put out marketing wise about building the club up for the move to Memorial, all that makes sense. But what doesn't make sense is we have signed players in a roster that says win now. Mm. So... Mm. Those yeah. those two are I feel like kind of working against each other because we've we we went and signed a bunch of veterans. Um, I mean, we did sign yeah. some young players as well. Uh, don't get me wrong; we have a good mix. I feel like this is a, one of the best mixes we've ever had in terms of youth and 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 veteran um, mix. So, like that tells me that we want to compete now. And and even the we 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 saw the owner was not pleased with some of the results last season. He didn't like losing, um, and and obviously, I mean, what is he thinking right now? Like. So I feel like the the plan is yes to build something for the future but at the same time they want I feel like the club has made it clear they want to win this year and I and I know these players want to win because this could be Jorge Herrera's last season. Enzo is back. There's no way Enzo would come back if we were saying this season was kind of uh, a throwaway year to build something for next season or the year beyond. Um I I just feel like that would be a slap in the face to 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 those guys who have uh given so much for the club from day one to to say well this year's a throwaway year um i don't think they're going to go as far as to fire the coach if things don't turn around uh because i think that gets tricky financially this we're not a club that can just splash cash um and mm-hmm. and, and they made yeah. it clear that jim mcginnis was signed uh long term so i'm thinking he probably signed a multi-year contract and th- you don't just fire guys willy-nilly on multi-year contracts when you can't afford to pay the next guy. 
um, which is yeah. probably the case with the independents. Uh, because, like, if you look at the attendance numbers, not killing it. Um, there's some yeah. other things in the works, obviously, with the youth club, but that money is going to be on the youth club side. Like, they made it pretty clear that they're not going to be taking money from the youth that, that the youth club's making and putting it into the pro side. Like, um, right. the, the youth club is going to be keeping all that money that they make. Um, or they might even be nonprofit. I don't, there's still some fuzziness there in terms of the details. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think, I think firing him would be a little short sighted, but I also think they need to turn it around because, uh, they need to do right by some of these players who have been around and have stuck around for, um, what can be, lightly called an experiment if that makes sense yeah 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 i I agree with both of you i wouldn't i wouldn't lose patience even if we are terrible this year uh i definitely don't want to look at this as a throwaway year but i mean this is his first ever head coaching job for soccer he's worked in soccer before but never head coach before that he was a legend in a whole nother sport Mm -hmm. i mean give the guy a little bit of slack i mean yeah we need to turn things around it's not fun watching us lose like this but i think if you just fire a manager every time they don't do well at first you just have this weird uh carousel of coaches coming in and out and players having to learn a new system every year isn't very good yeah and um like you said we can't afford to do that anyway so you know let's just hope that we improve as a team including on the coaching side yeah i'm good with all that um all right let's uh let's move on to the next question Matt Bo Round and Round asked, uh, "Is the team still missing any pieces? Uh, if so, what kind of players might they still need?" So like this back. is, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that that's really the only glaring hole. Um, and I don't even know if it's because the center backs we have are bad. Um, yeah. I, I definitely don't think they've played their best, but yeah. we only have two right now. Don't know when Mon's coming back, and even then, we only have three, and that that just makes me nervous yeah. because. We haven't even gotten into the heat of the season and like one of our center backs has already gotten hurt. Um, yeah. And we've got depth pretty much at every position now, except for center back. Yeah. So yeah. Do, if, do if, we have depth at outside back? I know we got guys who can also play outside back, but who, yeah. who would you be comfortable being a starting outside back? That's a good question. I mean, Joel to me is irreplaceable. Um, yeah. Although he's been, I feel like with so much of the focus being on Gutman, I feel like he's kind of figuring out where he fits in. But when he has mm-hmm. like been on the right, I feel like he's done some really great stuff with Alex. It's just been um, like it used to be that we were almost exclusively trying to attack down the right because of Joel. And now mm-hmm. it's almost the opposite. We are almost exclusively attacked down the left. Um, yeah. It's maybe not exclusive. Like I don't, I, I won't go that as that far, but Joel has definitely taken a step back in terms of like the volume of attacks that he like leads. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. Taku was like average or, or when they first signed Taku, they talked about him being like a outside back um, and a midfielder. So I feel like I, I'd like to think he could fill in there. I don't know that I would be obviously if we miss, if we're missing Joel, I'm not going to be like super happy about it because I right. think he's one of our better players. Um, Maria yeah. has been, an outside back at all of his previous clubs um, at times. So I feel pretty comfortable with him being a left back. Um, Yep. But it would definitely change the way we play. I feel like, because we've kind of um, 
Gutman is so like specialized. Like he, I mean, he spends most of his time in the attacking third. I feel like, um, yeah. yeah, it's like it's just a very different way to play the position. So I feel like we would just we would just have to change the way we play, which might even help balance us out a little bit. Um, I feel like sometimes yeah. we get a little bit too left sided heavy, trying to like force it out there. Um, so I'd be interested to see how the team would react if we did have to go away from Gutman. And I mean, there's rumors mm. that Gutman will be back at back at uh, Celtic in the summer before their preseason, which I mean that would make sense. Um, so we may find out. Um, eventually what what the team does so i wonder if there's if maria signing if there's a little bit of that um in there as well like kind of hedging their bets mm. on maybe having maybe i losing think ben Sale could fit in at left back too it's funny well. i feel like we have a ton of players who can play left back um jake yeah. jake can fill in at left left back he's probably like our last choice because um he has shown himself to be best at like left wing um yeah but i feel like jake can fill in there mansali can play there maria can play there and gutman can play there that's like we're four deep at that position are we four deep anywhere else other than maybe like center forward because technically you could play jorge Enzo. i mean alex could probably play center forward oduro nikki jackson like we've got guys who can fill in at center forward but that's like Mm. um I feel like Lots of versatility. I, mean, I feel like technically we, we saw Jung Soo play center forward last year. So like probably anybody oh probably goodness. anybody on the roster can play center forward, but yeah, right. um, if Jung Soo may not do it well. Forward, can. Oh man, I forgot about that. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Another question. Um Richard asks, what's up with the Rowdies having ten days off and then playing three games in eight days? Uh, he said some good behind the scenes reason or just USL going to USL. I'm just going to say that's USL going to USL. Um, (laughs) I think this question was actually intended for Matt on our interview because it's about the rowdies, but we're going to try to answer it anyways because I didn't ask it to Matt. Uh, He said, think Tampa can handle it or did Charlotte or would like Charlotte when they face three games in eight days, will they, will some starting 11 changes be likely? Um, I, based on their roster last night, like Jan Ekra not playing was surprising to me. But yeah. then um, Matt told us that Jan Ekra had maybe picked up an ankle injury. Um, oh, no. So mm. maybe he was resting for that, or maybe he was um, like injured. So Yeah, I'm sure Neil Collins was just resting him to uh, to awaken the Ekra against us, to awaken us, the Ekra. to pour some salt in our wound. I just want to point out Ben is currently wearing his Jan Ekra fan club shirt. Yeah. Uh, one I of the beautiful to Matt, Jack's Militia ones. Yes. Super comfy. <laughs> um, not available on the Jack's Militia store, I don't think. Oh, but, yeah, it's probably not. Yeah. That'd be kind of weird. Maybe we, yeah. did they ship them down to Tampa? Sure they can. Yeah. yeah. But, um, yeah, I, I, even if they are going to be uh, using some roster depth, I still wouldn't feel great about it because their roster is pretty dense um yeah and they it's yeah we, they talked about sorry i'm spoiling a lot of things from the interview we had with matt um but he said you know they didn't go out and sign like the big names and that's that's yep. true but also they signed really like usl veterans like guys who have been around the league for a while so like mm-hmm. there's they still signed really talented players um and they i feel like they have one of the best rosters in the league still um it just maybe not be as flashy as years past which seems to be working out well for them. 
All right, that's all the listener questions. Um, let's uh, let's talk about real quick the youth club news. This came out on yeah. Tuesday that um, the Charlotte Independents are acquiring slash essentially acquiring three youth clubs. Um, is the way it's, mm-hmm. is how it's happening. Um, Carolina Rapids, Lake Norman Soccer Club, and Discovery Soccer Club um, of Rock Hill, where Enzo and Alex played um as kids they are merging together to form independence sc which is going to be the like i guess the business name independent soccer club is going to be like the youth club business name um so like essentially they're going to all come under one umbrella and have like rec leagues all the way through um development academy and they'll also be as a part of that i think they'll have a wpsl team and possibly Thank probably you. a usl division two or not usl division two what is it called league, league two. two yeah usl well, league they, two. Uh, the discoveries already has one so I right which which will probably we assume after this season <laughs> they will become like charlotte independence u23 or something similar <laughs> um, which Baby is kind of cool um but what are your th- what are you guys' thoughts on this whole development and do you think it's um like a net positive for the club, or do you think this is kind of like window dressing? I mean, I think it's a net positive for the club. I mean, it's always good to see them get more involved in the community. I don't know a whole lot about uh, that's how soccer works and all that, but one thing I thought about for our personal interest with Amateur Hour is like, is Discovery's going to be, you know, Independence U23s and the you mentioned WPSL. Currently, if I'm not mistaken, all three of those clubs have WPSL teams. So are oh, there I didn't realize be all three of them did. WPSL teams next year, or is there going to be one super team next year? How are they going to do that? Hmm, that is interesting. These are, yeah, I didn't think, even think about that. I didn't realize that was all three. Um, yeah, I think yeah. I, I kind of agree. Like, I think, I don't know. There's a lot of youth to pro pipeline stuff being tossed around. Um, and I, I don't know, to me, that's, I almost want to, I, I approach that with a lot of cynicism just yeah. because, um, we've seen a lot of clubs talk about youth to pro and we haven't seen a lot of results from it. Like typically yeah, what, hap- what 12,000 kids, 12,000 kids. And, and, and typically what's going to, what happens with these kids who are, and they talked about this a little bit in the press conference, like missing out on kids like a Jalen Lindsay who played at Charlotte soccer Academy and was um, didn't have a path to pro soccer in Charlotte. So he went and joined Sporting Kansas City's academy and is now playing for Sporting Kansas City as a homegrown player. Um, and he's mm. still like a teenager. Mm. And and I think this this and I don't want to be I don't want to be the like super downer. But at the same time, like if a player has shown themselves to be that quality, they're probably going to be picked up by an MLS academy. They're probably not going to sign for a USL team because. The, the 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 league is is still growing maybe it's going to get there maybe you will see a few a handful of kids who maybe aren't quite at the Jalen Lindsay level uh who maybe maybe like a, a step below that who are good enough to play in USL and don't want to go to college um mm-hmm. I feel like that's going to be if if that ever becomes a popular trend um it's not right now to for for players to just go straight into usl rather than go to college you see players go to mls and in, in foregoing college but you don't see a lot of players 
skipping college to go to USL. You see a lot of guys signing amateur contracts to play in USL during like the like uh, Daniel Steedem Steedem yeah Steedman did Steedman. last year where he played for us until the summer and then he went to college. Um, you see a lot of that, but you don't see a ton of guys signing straight to the USL. So like I almost feel like we should evaluate the value of this youth club thing, like and, and just almost like assume that we're probably never going to get a player who's going to sign for the independence and then play for the independence for like a long time. Um, you yeah. might get a guy who plays for a year and then goes on to MLS or, or college or whatever. Um, you might get some guys who like we've, we've had some uh, Carolina Rapids players play for us in friendlies. Um, I think last year and maybe in the Swansea friendly as well. Uh, I don't remember that far back, but uh. you might see, you might have opportunities like that where instead of just being Carolina Rapids players, they will be, uh, Charlotte Independence Academy players who play in friendlies uh, or maybe are on the roster, but it's like an amateur contract type thing where they might just play in training and occasionally make a bench appearance. Um, but like, I feel like the value really lies in like all the all the free marketing essentially that's going to have to take place. Like when I lived mm-hmm. in Charlotte, I lived in the north part of Charlotte, and Carolina Rapids gear and stickers and and magnets were everywhere in North Charlotte, like all over the place. So, like, if overnight those become Charlotte Independence stickers and Charlotte Independence jerseys and Charlotte Independence, you know, whatever, that's a big, that's a huge win for brand awareness, which is something that this team has so struggled with uh, through the years. And maybe that brand awareness can be, um, like, catapulted into um, better attendance. Uh, It kind of remains to be seen. Some of this is going to take some time to be implemented. Um, some of the teams are going to be Charlotte Independence like this season, and some of them it'll be next season. So um, I feel like a lot of the value lies kind of in the the marketing and just like the brand, building the brand. Sorry, I talked for a long time there. Oh, you trying to cut out for a second? I'm like, oh, we lost you. <laughs> ben, what do you think about it? Um, yeah, I, I, I think – just really a lot of things you just mentioned. I think it'll be a, a net positive um, and, and will only help the club. And it's cool to see them make that partnership with a, uh, a local youth organization or three, in fact. Cool. Yeah, independence. Yeah. Show money, please. <laughs> yeah, show money. <laughs> uh, you know what? I don't have anything else. Um, I feel like this has been a good episode. Um, we try yeah. to have good balanced, nuanced conversations here, uh, and try to stay away from hot takes for the most part, um, except for when we're getting real spicy. So <laughs> thank you guys. Uh, thanks. Thanks to Chris for joining us. Great. Always great to have thanks, Chris on the show. And, um, right now we're going to roll our interview with Matt from the unused substitutes, where we will talk about the Tampa Bay Rowdies game. And, uh, until then we will see you guys next time. Hey, everybody. We are here with Matt from the Unused Substitutes podcast, uh, and I'm also here with Ben. So how are you doing tonight, Matt? Uh, not too bad. I, I, I keep thinking every five minutes or so it's Friday, so I could be better, but uh, not too bad overall. I feel that. I'm going on vacation next week, so like this this whole week has been just dragging on. Oh, nice. Mm. How are you not doing, Not the dragging ben? on part, of course, but... Not too bad. It's... Uh... Thursday or baby Friday, as someone told me forever ago, and I stole. Um, 
I heard someone yeah. say that this morning. I've never heard that before, and now it's twice in one day. All right. Wow, that's a uh, pause. That's ben, so are you drinking water out of a champagne glass? Oh, no, it's just a regular glass. It looks really skinny. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, it does kind of. Yeah, okay. it's just a regular. I don't, regular I'll probably just leave that in because that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> well, not to do your last too far. Um, the Rowdies had a game last night, um, Wednesday night, a, a great win on the road over Atlanta United 2, um, a beefed up Atlanta United 2 with some some stars in the or relative stars in the lineup. Um, how happy are you guys with that performance? Uh, I, I'm, I'm glad. I mean, anytime, anytime you can win at all is nice. And, and the way we've been the last few years, getting a win on the road is, uh, is, is nice. Uh, a little, uh, little anxious at first, giving up a goal pretty early into the, uh, the first half, uh, but selling down, equalizing it before halftime and, and, you know, ended up just kind of running away with it in the second half. Uh, and, and yeah, it's, you know, they had some, probably some, some more, uh, recognizable names than, than Atlanta United two usually does for most games. Um, so I felt pretty good about the comeback. And even, even if you just want to say it's just Atlanta United two, like for us, and we've had a lot of player turnover, it's a really still a pretty young team and they're still kind of learning each other, uh, how each other plays on the field. And we're still kind of early in the season, uh, like put the other team aside to, to come back uh, on the road like that and run out with a pretty big win. Uh, you had one kid making his pro debut. One of the kids we had on loan from have on loan from Sheffield United um, got his first pro start. We had uh, uh, another player make his first start of the year after coming back from injury last year. Uh, a couple guys get their first goals for the club, one getting his first pro goal. So uh, it was a good night overall. Yeah, that's I'm, great. I'm really glad that we caught them in a a lull. Um, that, that's fantastic. Um, <laughs> and how is the <laughs> jokes? Obviously, um, how is the season gone for y'all? Because it, it kind of felt like you retooled, um, maybe not with big names, but a lot of like uh, complementary tools to build the roster and make it pretty pretty deep as well. Um, and don't forget to talk about Jan Ekra, because, of course, we want to hear about Jan Ekra. But, yeah, how's the season gone with that? Uh, so far, so good. Uh, if I go back and run the numbers, I think this is probably uh, our best start uh, after, what, seven games now. Uh, I, I did it before the last game, and we were tied for our best start after six games. But that was set last year, and then, then after the sixth game is kind of where everything fell apart. So I didn't really want to mention that and try jinxing it. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I mean, so far we're, we're we're sitting top of the table right now and uh, still haven't lost a game yet, which is 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 nice. Um, but yeah, there was a real big turnover, and and you know we had talked about on on our show last year that we we'd done the Cincy thing before and gone the uh, sign a bunch of of you know big name players at each position. And we didn't really do that. I mean, there are some some recognizable names, at least at, at the, the USL level on this team. Uh, but we've gotten away from the Joe Coles and the Marcel Schaefer's and uh, some of the, the, the recognizable names. And it feels like we've built a more uh, complementary team, the guys that work better together as opposed to uh, being kind of big individual stars. Uh, and they're still figuring some stuff out, but liked everything we've seen so far. And, and Jan Ekra... Uh, the last home game, I think, was his first start of the season, first or second start. And I, the guy is just incredible. You can't get the ball off him, and his passes are pinpoint perfect. 
Like I, he was out last night, if I remember correctly, with a uh, an ankle injury. Uh, hopefully he's uh, ready to go this weekend. I'm sure we had some little squad rotation because we had Wednesday, then this weekend, then we have next Wednesday mm-hmm. on the road again. So uh, hopefully that's part of it too. Uh, but hopefully we'll see him back because he's he's impressed so far. We've uh, we were we're big fans. Where has he been playing on the pitch? Because I think I've seen him kind of as a midfielder and then maybe an attacking midfielder as well, because we, we saw him all over the pitch for us. But where has he kind of settled into the team? So we've been playing pretty much a, a, a 3-5-2 this year um, with the the wingers kind of uh, playing a little bit back and forth, uh, covering on defense. And, and uh, he's played kind of that attacking midfield role. Uh, I think when he started, he was in there. When he's come out as a sub, it's anywhere from, uh, you, you know, he hasn't been playing up top, as, as if I, can, I don't really remember seeing him up there, uh, but mostly out on either as a tag midfielder. I think he filled in as a wing one time, uh, but in that area. Okay, so far more attacking than defensively, you'd say, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, we've we've kind of have a, had a, a, a player in the middle, and it's not even really a fully defensive midfielder, I wouldn't call it, but... Uh, he hasn't been in that spot. Yeah, that's he's he's um his hold up play, like you said. I mean, it's just incredible to see him. I mean, it's, yeah. it literally takes it, three or four guys to get him off the ball, and even then, they usually foul him before they get the ball from him. Yeah, and it's just he does, and that's it's something that I mentioned last night because we did a we did a show live after the game last night. Like, I've gone to a couple trainings this year, and I've I've, I've seen what's gone on, and and just the way that watching the play, like the attention to detail seems to be there this year. And he does so much of the little things that maybe you don't notice at first, but when you go back and watch uh, the replays or look at some of the stats, like he's, he's a very influential player right now. Do you think um, this is kind of the Neil Collins influence, like having played in the league, uh, played against some of the guys that he's now signed to be on the squad. uh, Do you think it's a little bit of him you know, finding guys that he respected as a player um, to now coach them. Uh, 100%. He's, he, he mentions that. I mean, that's one of the first lines you see anytime there's a press release about a signing is Neil's like, yeah, I went up and we went up against him uh, when he played for so-and-so. And, and I remember him, uh, you know, as a, as a tough player, a tough guy to play against. So that seems to be, you know, and I guess we're kind of lucky in that sense. Neil's got that very recent firsthand experience with some of these guys. Uh, and he has a very clear idea of how he wants them to play too. So I, I think he's had a chance to find guys that fit these specific roles. And, and so far it seems to be paying off this year. Yeah. Do you think like last season that the mid, the kind of mid season change had any kind of a weird effect with like the chemistry? Cause it's gotta be weird for a player to go with a guy from, to, for a guy to go from being your teammate to your coach overnight. Um, do you think kind of getting a little space between the change and and now uh, has helped with like chemistry and and just kind of the overall uh, feeling around the, the team. I, I I think it's got to. I, I asked Neil about that last year when he, when he took over and asked some of the players how how is it how weird like because it, it it happened after you know we we lose to the the Jacksonville Armada U twenty threes in the Open Cup. Uh, they make the change and it's one of those like you know it, it there has to be like no matter how much it feels like there isn't and because he had been kind of one of the older guys on the team uh with the club for a couple years there's still a little bit of uh a, at least a little bit of a, a a weird feeling there uh you know he'd been working on his coaching badges for a while so it's something he's he's done coaching 
uh, and he's done some of the trainings before with them before he took over last year. But yeah, I think uh, you know getting getting that 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 those games in he got last year and then getting to build the team uh, that he had in his mind uh, looks like the team he he wanted to put together. Uh, and, and kind of yeah, establishing that distance between coach and player and, and the kind of the locker room setup, uh, I think is paying some dividends too. Yeah. Um, just another question. Um, so Tampa is obviously playing really well right now. Like you said, best start, haven't lost a game. If there is an area in which they struggle that you can identify, what is it? You know, for the the first couple games, uh, we were really solid in the back. I mean, we, we went first first handful of games without allowing a goal, and really, uh, we had signed John McCarthy to 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 be in the goal this year, and it was you know we still didn't have an idea really how good he was because he wasn't getting tested either. Uh, the last few games, it seems to you know the the maybe the concentration hasn't been there as much. Uh, hopefully, they're going to improve on that. You know, you can see that in the first goal from last night. I think. Uh, the the goal that Atlanta United scored, um, and one of the ongoing problems, and this has spanned multiple coaches and multiple players, uh, we sometimes seem to get into a run of games where it's almost I don't know we we're always looking for the the perfect pass or the perfect shot the ex, like taking the one extra setup, uh, and sometimes it we it just kind of feels like. You know, put a shot on target, see what happens, and maybe maybe you get a rebound and and, and put it in as well too. Uh, so sometimes it's the the creating chances, and then we've always had seems like in the last couple of years had a problem finishing uh, some chances too. And that's you know eventually last night a bunch of them went in, but had a couple chances early on that you know either the pass just doesn't get there, uh, or the players are you know a second or two late on the run or, or doesn't pick up on the pass and, and get to it on time. Um, but I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm at this point, I'm still willing to chalk it up a bit to, you know, the difference between training and, and games and learning how, uh, these guys do what they do. And, and hopefully that'll dissipate over time. Yeah. Well, I mean, we don't feel too bad for you cause you're like tied for first in the <laughs> league with only giving up three goals in seven games and we've given up, uh, 15. So, <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> Your problems at the back are a little different than our problems at the back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll take those problems, please. Um, one thing I was just looking at as far as stats for the team and, and players that kind of uh, stood out uh, in that regard is uh, Daikite. I believe I'm pronouncing the center back's name yep. correctly. Yep. Oh, great. That doesn't happen very often. So, uh, <laughs> fantastic. Um, but yeah, he has 58 clearances on the year, which is. 12 more than the person behind him. Uh, so he's leading the USL. Uh, what kind of a, how would you describe him as a center back? And how does that, uh, does he stand out or, or what is he like as a center back? Yeah. Uh, so actually he would, I don't want to throw him under the bus because, you know, things happen, but he was the one that I, we kind of think that the, uh, the goal was on him last night. Uh, he did. Now there was a little bit of contact in the box. He did uh, get disrupted. And, and I think maybe even brought down uh by an Atlanta player behind him. And, and we kind of went over and was asking for uh, uh, some help from the referee on it and, and didn't get it. Um, but man, he is, he's, he's a tall guy. He just, he's, he's a wall back there. Sometimes it seems like he's, uh, you know, he, whether he's heading it out, whether he's getting a foot on it, whether he's getting a body in front to block a shot, like he just kind of instinctively knows where to be. 
Uh, and he's, I mean, him and, and uh, Tarek Murad, who used to play for Louisville, have been uh, really, really strong back there. Uh, but I think, and it, maybe it's because of uh, size-wise, or maybe it's because, you know, he was here last year and we're kind of used to him, but they seem to be overshadowing uh, who I think might be our best player of uh, so far this season uh, is a kid named Caleb Richards. He's a 21-year-old kid on loan from Norwich City. Uh, has played every minute of every match back there as, as the third guy. Uh, and, man, has been really, really impressive. Yeah, I noticed that name, and it, it didn't uh, jump out of a jump in a spark of light. And, wow, I'm just stumbling. <laughs> it didn't let uh, – I'm just going to move on. I didn't recognize <laughs> his name. Um, wow. Wow. Uh, <laughs> But uh, but yeah, one other thing is, how would you describe their attack? Is it looks like um, a big portion of that kind of works through Leo Fernandez in correlation with uh, yep. Sebastian uh, Guanzati as well? Uh, yeah, Fernandez is is leading the team, I believe, in assists right now. Uh, it, it, we're kind of playing similar to the, what we played last year, uh, and in some cases, I'm I'm a little surprised sometimes that it has worked so well because we we play the ball out on the wings. Uh, try to cross it in, which seems kind of funny because most of our attacking guys are are really short compared mm. to the other team. It seems like every week. Uh, last night, got a couple of goals by putting it on the ground, playing it through the middle into the box. Um, but Leo's Leo's been great this year as far as uh, setting it up. Uh, Seba's leading in goals, but he's also taken two or three penalties, so that's going to factor into it too. Um, but he's been on the mark with all of them so far, so I'm, I'm happy with that. Yeah. Uh, has Jaime Ziyech made his debut for the Rowdies yet? No. Uh, when Kind of right after he signed, he had a, a, it was a shoulder injury, I think, and he's okay. still been rehabbing it. The, uh, the time I went to training, uh, he was getting close to being in, uh, in contention. Now with this you know, kind of run of games we've got up here, because uh, we've got next, we've got Saturday, and then we've got Wednesday. Um, I think we might even have another Wednesday game coming up right after that, plus an Open Cup yeah, game open in there. Around the corner. Mm. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he shows up, uh, maybe uh, maybe on the bench sometime soon and gets in. Uh, I've seen him at the stadium; he hasn't been dressed, he hasn't made the bench, but it, I think he's getting close to being in uh, in contention. Yeah, it's another Charlotte Independence player. Um, yeah, we actually. We, yeah, he we was with you guys first, right? Or yeah. And played like one game, and I, I remember watching him in that game and thinking, man, this this is a kid with some potential. I hope we we hang on to him. Uh, and then he left there and what went to went to did he go to Oklahoma first or he, you um, guys first? He went to us first because I think we got I, he got drafted that year, didn't end up catching on with them. I think right. I think because of his international status mainly, um, which is I mean yeah, that's yeah. a common story with USL players that you know they're. Uh, but he ended up with us. Didn't get, didn't feature a lot at the beginning, but then down the stretch played a big role. Uh, got really good minutes. Scored, scored some great goals. Then I think last season he spent the whole season with OKC, um, right? And made his like international had, debut and all that with Jordan. And had a pretty good year in OKC, if I remember correctly. I think he, I think he may have gotten hurt at the end of the season last year too. So I don't know if it's the same injury that he's dealing with now. Because he was right, doing right. really well for them enough to like get called up to the national team, and then after that, I, th- I think he got hurt because I don't remember him playing much for them down the stretch. But I, I mean, I don't follow them super closely, so. Right. But yeah, so it, t- maybe um, 
you've kind of already highlighted who you think might be the best player. Is there maybe an X factor, like somebody who um, maybe isn't that big? I mean, there's, I know there's not a lot of big names this year, but um, somebody who might fly under the radar who could play a big role on Saturday. Uh, we signed a kid this year uh, named Juan Tejada. He'd been playing for the, uh, the uh, well, I guess now they're the, the USL League 2 team in the uh, in- Lakeland, the in, well, they've been an indoor team and he played an outdoor team, but he went to college in St. Pete, uh, went through the IMG Academy down here in Bradenton, where I am. Uh, he's from Panama originally. Uh, if you ever watch the movie Hackers, he uh, he looks like a, a carbon copy of the, uh, the the Phantom Free character. Uh, he's he's another in the long line of great Tampa Bay soccer players with with amazing hair like Valderrama and Perry Vanderbeck, and uh, hopefully one day the game gets there. But he's Man, he's short. He's got a he's got a low center of gravity and a huge motor. Uh, when Georgie Ristoff retired last year, I'm like, it's going to take a while before we get a guy in here that the fans are going to kind of take to like that. Uh, but Tejada like played as a trialist in a, in a, in a preseason game, and the fans were chanting "Sign him now" uh, <laughs> during the game. Uh, oh, that's a good sign. He's gotten. He's made two starts. He started the home open. Actually, he started the very first opener in, I mean, the, the season opener in Memphis, drew the penalty yeah. that was the only goal of the game. Uh, and he just, like, he never stops. He'll, he'll when when the, the goalkeeper is setting up for a goal kick, he will chase him down. And, I, and, and I've seen so many uh, goal kicks so far that have gone, I'm sure, not where the goalkeeper intended because of the pressure he puts on him. And I keep thinking he's going to just, you know, take one off the head one day. It's going to end up in the goal. He got his first pro goal last night uh, in what I think is going to be his his style, kind of poached it right in front of the goal. Uh, and that's a guy, I mean, I can't say he flies under the radar because when he comes on, the, or even when he get, like goes to the sideline to check in, the crowd starts going crazy. But he's a guy that when he comes on, if he, if he starts, he, he's nonstop. But usually we've been bringing him on in like the 60th minute and letting him run at a hopefully tired team. Uh, he's... He's been so close to that goal so many times. I was surprised it took until last night for it to happen. But uh, he's he's a guy that when he comes on, like things happen. Players start falling down. They're getting lost. He's he's making moves. He's a he's a fun guy to watch. And if he starts hitting goals like these on a regular basis, it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, he's got a uh, Gwendozy like hair. Is that correct? Yes, it's yeah. man. Mm. It's a uh, it, it it's I. It's luxurious, I think, is the uh, the only appropriate <laughs> word to use in this situation. Uh, I, I I can say that we are uh, investigating uh, acquiring a large amount of wigs to wear at a game sometime in the future. <laughs> he's a lot of fun, and he's just like he's one of those like nonstop smiles. Like as soon as the game's over, runs over to the the, uh, the supporter section and is like cheering in with everybody. Hey, guy, everyone just loves him. So it's uh it, it's uh, it's a fun little setup right now. That's great. That's great to hear. Well, uh, I don't have any further questions. Ben, do you have anything? I think that uh, just about does it. I, I think you answered uh, questions very profoundly, so thank you. <laughs> Can I throw one out there at you guys? Absolutely. Sure. All right. So I, what's your take on how, and I, I saw some of your Twitter followers kind of mentioned the same one, uh, I think including our, our mutual friend Adam Martin. Mm-hmm. What's your guys' take on how this Charlotte season has been so far? Is it is it below expectations, at expectations? I am i didn't know much about the head coach, but some of the players you guys signed, and, and especially bringing in uh, the other Domoduro, or is, is I like to do, there's only one Domoduro. <laughs> Wait, there's two Domoduros. 
<laughs> I was I, I've been surprised by the start personally. What's uh what's your guys' opinion on it so far? Um, I think uh the the question you asked about being below expectations or at expectations, I think it's definitely below expectations. Um I think we all kind of expected it to be slow, but not quite this slow. I mean, dropping right. dropping the points against Atlanta when we had made that crazy comeback, um, that one was kind of heart-wrenching. And it felt like New York Red Bulls, too, we were going to make another comeback. But, you know, digging ourselves into these holes is just kind of getting old, um, and it, it keeps happening. Um, I would say if things don't turn around soon, I think there's going to be a lot more panic. Um, but, you know... Schedule's not going to get any easier. Uh, we, I think we're going – we've played a lot of home games already. And that's kind of another reason why I think we're below expectations a little bit. Um, but it, it's – it's there's a lot of restlessness amongst the fan base right now, for sure. Uh, we have people, Yeah, I was kind of sensing that vibe a little bit from yeah, some of the, uh, the, the Twitter remarks. And, like, it doesn't help that um, we just came off a, you know, a drubbing by our rivals um, – if it had yeah. been another, if it had been a different team, it might have been a different, probably would have been a different outcome, honestly, because something about that team, we just cannot play with them. Um, but I think, uh, yeah, it's definitely emotions are are high right now for sure. Yeah, I, I think I'll definitely agree with a lot of what Alex said because I'll say that my expectations weren't necessarily higher than where we are now but when you couple in the fact like you said that we we've played a number of home games and i think we played five home games in two away if i'm not mistaken uh-huh. and we've got four points yeah. that's not great um so, so if you if you look at it on who we've played don't know that we we really would have beat a lot of those teams even if we would have been at full strength and started the season really strong and that type of thing but really i mean four points out of seven games is is not good ever um but it really comes down to i think chemistry has really been lacking unfortunately um and we we brought in players pretty late unfortunately um and we've brought a couple extra players in there so i think it's really I am under the impression that it's a matter of when, not if, we'll be a good squad, but it's just a matter of when, when happens. Right. So, yeah. yeah we're probably going to dig further into that in the show. So that's yeah. a good question for sure. All right. Yeah. I was just, I, you know, I don't know what I, what I expected, but I, I remember thinking uh, just going into the season, I was like, I, I think Charlotte looks like a playoff team, but, you know, we all look great until we play a game. Yeah, and I think there is a little bit of the um, the roster maybe not quite like Ben said it, it. They haven't quite gelled yet, but like there are some great individual players. Like the, the right, roster right. is nothing to sneeze at. Um, so like if if the coach can't pull some some a winning team out of this, you know that says a lot. I think about him, and and, and you know he's he's a first time head coach. Um, it was a to be honest, it was a weird it was a weird move. Um, We've all kind of we were all kind of taken aback by it, um, you know. We, we want to get behind him. We want to get behind the team and all that. Uh, but it was just, it was kind of a out of left field to to go with the coaching change. Right. And you guys you guys got one of our players from last year, right? Uh, you guys have yeah, from Taku. from Taku. Yeah. Yeah. How has has he played? How's he been? He was he, he kind of came in mid season when mm-hmm. when Neil took over and uh, was uh, was pretty popular. My my now former co host was a big fan of his. Uh, has, has he been playing? How's he been doing? 
I'd say up and down, wouldn't you say, Ben? I, I feel like he's had his moments where he's looked really good, and he's had moments where he hasn't quite looked comfortable. Um, mm-hmm. But I think that's you could say that about pretty much anybody on our team this so far. Yeah, I think he's kind of fell into the mold of a lot of players, like you said, that he hasn't put together a full 90 that's been really uh, impactful. Um, I think he's looked really good in certain stretches, and um, I like what he brings to the table. I think he just hasn't figured out exactly what his role with our system is to be the most productive. So, yeah. But I do like him as a player. I think he, when he is at his best, he's been a player that could start for us pretty often. And he has been featured. Yeah. I think he's played about in half the game. maybe four or five of the games started, started a handful yeah. of those. Um, it was weird though. They announced him as kind of a, as a right back. Essentially. They said he, he was mainly a right back, but could play, in the midfield, but he's played exclusively in the midfield. Um, so I thought that was, yeah, I think that's where we had him pretty much from all all then. Yeah. Yeah, I I think that's where he played for us last year. Yeah. He's one that, you know, we've got a lot of these players where it just seems like we haven't found where they fit in the 11 and who they fit next to, because we've had, I mean, we've, we haven't had a whole lot of consistency because of injuries, uh, what was international duty, you know, all that stuff that comes with early season, you know, trying to figure out who your best team is. Right. Right. All right. Yeah. That was a good question. Um, so where can our listeners find more information about unused substitutes or anything like that? All right. So, uh, we've got a website at, uh, Uh, we're on social media on Twitter, on, uh, Facebook, uh, Instagram, everywhere is unused subs pod. Uh, the show is live on Wednesday nights on radio St. Pete, which is an internet radio, uh, station. And then we put the, the, the file out as a, uh, a podcast. So, uh, give us a follow and, uh, and, and hang out. Uh, Ben, when's the, uh, when's the return game? When, when are we coming up there? Uh, whoa, that's a good and question. Do, and do we have a weather report yet? Because <laughs> uh, I don't know if I'm if I don't know if I'm making the ten hour drive again this year. But if I know it's going to rain, it's going to be another two hours before the game starts. That's going to affect my decision. <laughs> I will say that you're not invited, Matt. As nice as you are, um, <laughs> you. I'm not, not going to say it's your fault, but when you were there, we didn't win. So that <laughs> very small sample size, but I'm still going to say it. Uh, when I was there, that's when that was when our Domodoro scored his first goal, that equalizer. Yeah, uh, with the it ended up on Sports Center. Rocket. Yeah, and uh, that was a fun game, though. It was all things like, considered. Wednesday night rain, everything delaying. Um, yeah, the, the return game is Saturday, September seventh. So yeah. you'll be oh, right. school right in the back thick. In session. Of, I don't know if they do that one. Yeah, right in the thick of thunderstorm season. Well, maybe uh, tail end of thunderstorm season, I guess. Yeah, we'll see. I'm, I'm actually, I, I'm, I'm very upset. I'm going to be in and around uh, North Carolina probably three different weeks in July, and the Rowdies have no games against any of the teams uh, in any of the Carolinas during that point, and <laughs> nor do I think any of you guys have home games. The two or three weeks I'm going to be there at different points. Yeah, we're on the road a lot in July. I, we are too. I think we've got one home game in July, uh, and they they've kind of been pitching that as look, we've uh, we've made a 
a great schedule for you guys. You're not sitting out there in, in the super hot sun. And I'm like, well, we still have three at home in June and three at home in August. I'm like, not sure there's really, pretty... there's really no way to avoid sitting in the heat in the South. No. In, in the way, the no. seasons that we play, you know, we're going to, the first week of the season, or at least for us, probably not you guys, but for us, the first week and the last week are probably going to be miserable and in terms of cold and then the middle section oh, is yeah, going to yeah. be miserable because of heat and then you might get a handful of games that are decent <laughs> i love my favorite time preseason and the first like month or so and then the last month or so when we actually get like the humidity dies down and we get a breeze coming off the bay that one of the the nice benefits of still having that like baseball overhang set up is that the breeze just blows through there and keeps it contained it's a beautiful time to go out there yeah i, I want to make it out to Alang because it's a beautiful stadium It's a good time. Hopefully, uh, hopefully you guys can come down sometime. I guess not this year, but yeah, not this year. But I'm assuming since we're talking on Thursday, I'll be in the opposite coast or opposite end of the coast. I'll be in New York City on Saturday, so oh wow, catching a game from there. I probably won't catch the game to be honest. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see. I'm I'm sure there's a bar somewhere in New York that will put on ESPN Plus. Oh yeah, we'll see. (laughs) Actually, might be we might be going to an MLS game Saturday night. Haven't figured it out yet. So okay, yeah. So. uh, Pleasure talking to you, as always, Matt. Um, if you are in Charlotte for any of the games, always you're welcome with us. Uh, we, we take care of our Rowdies people. Oh, we had a – well, I say we. It was me and Adam. It was and you Adam and Adam, and Adam's from here, yeah. Uh, but we had a good time. <laughs> that was a good we time. We had a good time. Uh, the rain delay just meant more beers before the game, so that was nice. Yeah. I enjoyed that very much. That. Unofficial uh, thing. <laughs> I, I, meant, I meant strictly at that bar we were at. Not That's right. <laughs> Not, there were not no parking lot beers in the parking lot. Oh, so that, that, that reminds me. I, weren't you guys changing stadiums this year? I heard at one point or something. Um, in Did a couple I, years. I, thought I read somewhere you guys. Were, oh, I thought it was. I thought it was this year. Like it, more of a downtown location. No, mm-hmm. that's in a couple years. Um, the plan oh, okay. is to have have it ready for 2021, um, but it's a project being done by the city government. So. There's probably no way it'll so, be done by 2021. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it'll if it's done 2021, it'll probably be mid-season. Um, okay. just, that's just the reality yeah. of projects. If, I, I, it's I probably not exclusive to Charlotte, but but you, oh yeah, you know how it is. Definitely not. <laughs> All right, cool. We look forward to having you then too, though. <laughs> uh, we'll definitely be up there. I, I I can usually talk people and my wife into this trip because her best friend lives uh, just outside Charlotte. So there you go. We uh, we come up every now and then. All right. Well, appreciate you joining us and uh, hope you have a good weekend, but hope you get a loss. <laughs> uh, I, I hope you have a good weekend, too. Just not a not a, as great of one. That's why I was telling the Louisville fans last week or last time we were home. Hope you have fun, but not too much. There you go. <laughs> and we both ended up with a draw. So that's what happened. <laughs> hey, at this point, I would take a draw. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'll come to the point. I, I'm just, you know, I, I want to keep adding points, but I'm I'm happy to just not lose. I'm I'm good with that. It feels good. Undefeated. Something we All can right, never guys. say. <laughs> Have a good night, Matt. Thanks a lot for having me. I'll uh, I'll talk to you guys soon. All right, hey, man. Matt. See ya. See ya. And that was a wonderful interview with Matt. The three of us are back for a quick sign off. Uh, guys, do you have any hot takes that you want to get off real quick before we, you know, after I already said we weren't going to be the hot takey podcast. Um, <laughs> But if you, if we're, we're going to just kind of give you one last chance. If you want to do a hot take, go for it. Man, I'm the optimistic one. This is your chance. You can't do an optimistic hot take? Yeah, like do an optimistic. Hey, be the, uh, 
Ooh, Beyond Saint. What's Beyond Sainthood? I, I don't. I don't know how that what's, stuff works. What, Is there something either. Beyond Sainthood? Popehood. Popehood. I think. Mm, I don't know. I'm that not, sounds I'm a little not dirty. Catholic. I'm not gonna. Oh. Not gonna go there. Yeah, this is, <laughs> feels like we shouldn't be talking about this. <laughs> I feel like Jorge doesn't um, like it when we refer to him as a saint. Should, should we start over? No, it's okay. We just will. Well, Jorge's not listening, and if he is, yeah. I don't know why he, he would listens be. Listens to podcasts. He yeah, probably doesn't. He's he's old. Old people don't know how to listen to podcasts. <laughs> he's not that old. I know. I'm just. Messing. I think that's a hot take. He's saying he's too old for to listen to podcasts. <laughs> well, you guys know we don't want people to listen to our podcast because we're the ultimate gatekeepers. That's true. <laughs> I might cut that part out. We'll see. <laughs> No, you shouldn't. Leave it all in. Leave it in! All right, this has been fun. Uh, hope to see... Well, we, I know it's not a home game, so I won't see anybody Saturday. Um, especially me. I'll be in New York City, so definitely not going to see anybody there. Um, so, yeah, if we win on Saturday, I'm going to be super pumped. Um, but to be honest, I just hope we go down and, and put on a good show because uh, last Saturday was a little embarrassing, so... I would like to go and, and and acquit ourselves a little bit better than that against the Rowdies. Yeah. Yep. Man, you guys did that right in sync. Good stuff. Uh, that was mm-hmm. nice. All righty. Uh, you guys can find us online tweeting not negative things at Talking Jacks <laughs> on Instagram, except I, I've been really bad about posting on Instagram. I don't think we've posted this season yet. Um, my work <laughs> My work has gotten – so, like, work got crazy right as the season started. Uh, it was like the worst possible time. I had all these plans and ideas uh, to do like our YouTube channel and do more stuff on Instagram. And then somebody quit at work and we had to like hire a new person and scramble. And ever since then, it's been a mess. And so I have not had time to do any of that stuff. So I'll try to pick it up this summer. We'll see. Um, but if not, you can still find our old pictures on Instagram and we're on Facebook. I know most of you guys probably aren't on Facebook, uh, or if you are, you don't pay attention. But if you would, go give us a like. Um, our All of our pages are in the show notes if you can't remember what I said. And for Ben and Chris, I am Alex. Have a great night, and come on, you jacks. You got to do the woo. Woo! <laughs>